We are talking all about heaven this morning, and we have a panel that we have compiled, and if they want to start making their way up as we kind of get the stage set here, a panel that we have compiled um, from our staff um, to give us various perspectives on some of these questions that we've received, Um, because over the course of this series... If you didn't know, we're doing a series on heaven. Over the course of this series, we have collected questions from people um, from the grade fives and sixes, um, everybody who's had a question, and we are going to panel discuss them, debate them, uh, whatever, (laughs) this morning for you. So we have some questions that we will go through. Thanks, guys. We have some questions we'll go through. If you did not get your question in, um, you can go to the YouTube chat that we have in Grand Prairie Lions Church. If you go there to our YouTube page, go to the chat. You can put a question in. I'm not guaranteeing we'll get to it. Um, but if there's some that pop up that I really like, I might just surprise you guys, and we'll see what happens there. Um, I was going to intro you, but I'll let you guys intro yourselves while I get this all set, and we'll start at the far end. Um, Go ahead. I'm Ruth Nelson, and I'm the director of Global Impact here at Grand Prairie Alliance Church. Anthony Bulmer, and the lead pastor here at Grand Prairie Alliance Church. Ramona Zacharias, and I'm director of women's ministries here at GPAC. Excellent. I'm Caleb Barkman. I am worshiping Crave Arts here at the church. Um, so part of the reason why we wanted to do this series on heaven um, was because we feel, I feel, we recognize that often it's just kind of this thing that hangs out over here and we sometimes forget about it and it's not like this daily thing that we're thinking about and that is like driving, driving us. And when you start to read um, the New Testament with heaven in mind, you see that this was deeply ingrained in their lives and their thought processes and how they um, looked at the world with the view of heaven as the eternal place for us. And so we wanted to uh, get our minds thinking that way, and we wanted to kind of excite our imaginations towards what this could be like. Because I think God gave us an imagination for a reason, and we are going to be using our imaginations a bit this morning um, because some of the questions that we have, Scripture doesn't speak to directly. And so we're going to be trying to drawing from all kinds of things to, um, to answer those questions. And so, without further ado, you don't want to hear me talk anymore. Um, we're going to go to the first question. And uh, they have no idea who's going to be asked what questions. They just have a list of questions, so I could just surprise somebody. Um, but we'll start here, closest, closest to me, and then we'll just jump all over the place. And other panel members will jump in as they have thoughts and whatnot. So the first question we got, um, I feel like I should say, we have a question here from da 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 da, da. We don't have those, that information. Um, will we have whatever we want? Why do I get that first one? Well, Anthony. <laughs> what, Anthony, we'll go to Anthony in the middle. Will okay. we have whatever we want? Will we have, well, I guess let's put on, and okay, God has given us imaginations. And as believers, our imaginations are becoming more and more sanctified. So let's put those on and filter through these answers that we think. Well, we have whatever we want. Well, within what is holy and good and what God deems best for us. 
Well, and as I think about that, I, I think about heaven. There won't be any greed anymore. There'll be no more sin. And so if we think, can we have whatever we want, it almost has an underlining tone of, will we be greedy? Will we, you know, be wanting, you know, a mountain to go into the ocean? And, and I think in our redeemed bodies and our redeemed minds, and that's what you started out with, I, I actually think it's, we will get what we need. And uh, it's not going to be so much about want. And I think uh, th Psalm 37.4 kind of defines it for us because it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So when I think we will get what we want, but it's going to be all about God and our delight is going to be in him. And so he's going to change our wants anyway. So, um, yeah, I think according to... Um, him changing us and us delighting in him, he's going to do that. So I look forward to him changing my wants to be in line to what we really want. Me too, yes. I look forward to that as well. Um, next question. This one may be hotly debated. We will see. Um, will our pets be there? <laughs> Anthony, we'll go to you. Oh, you're gonna, I knew you were going to pick on me for that one. And, and I, I don't want to get children upset, so I'm just looking, cover their ears. But uh, you may or may not like my answer. Um, first and foremost, we know that the scriptures, especially when you get into uh, some really good prophetic stuff in the book of Isaiah, we know that the lion and lamb will lie down together. Children will be able to pick up snakes and they won't bite them. Uh, it's going to be incredible. So we know in the new heaven and new earth, there are animals. Now, I like John Piper. I, I looked this up last week and he had a good answer. He said, if God thinks you need some kind of comfort and it's fluffy that you had back in this earth, he, he could probably materialize that for you. And uh, so I will cop out on that and I will say, the scripture does not talk about animals with souls, just so you know. And uh, so do they die and go to heaven? No. Uh, can their bodies be there in the new heaven and new earth? Maybe. Uh, but, but again, it's a little bit skeptical. I don't know what your guys' opinion is. I know, Ruth, are. we were talking about this earlier. I think you had a good... Well, I think the whole idea of comfort is really um, just that word comfort. And God is going to be the one who comforts. And when we lose something we love... That is what we need. And I read an author too, and he said, we do not know that God, we do know that God is just and that we, when we get to heaven, we will find ourselves in complete agreement with his decision on this issue, whatever it may be. So I, I, I read some people who said, yes, they thought there would be a good chance of them being there. Others who said, no, they don't have a soul. But I like this, that we'll agree with God, whatever his decision is. <laughs> There's also, I believe it's in Revelation, where it talks about God. I come from a farm, and we have horses. And God, uh, Jesus is going to be riding a horse. So, yeah, there's going to be animals there. And it would be really cool to have a pet lion, because it says yeah. a child in, in Isaiah 65, it says that, that a child's going to lead them all. Or wow, walking around with a... To ride the lion. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. But I was, I was reading about this a little bit as well, and I came across this passage, actually I've read it many times, you guys are probably very familiar with it. Um, Elijah gets taken up in a chariot of fire that's on fire and flaming horses that are on fire. And I'm like, there's Pokemon in heaven because that's a Ponita and a Rapidash. It's like, that's amazing. Anyways, but fire horses, anyways. 
they're in heaven. They took Elijah there, so they're there. Anyways, moving on to the next question. Anyways. Um, will we get tired or bored in heaven? Anybody want to jump on that no one? No way. No way. Um, Revelation talks about resting. <laughs> so when you get to my age, that seems really re relevant, that we're going to be resting, so we're not going to be bored. But um, Isaiah 65, it's really interesting, talks about the new heavens and the new, uh, new earth. And in verse 20, it says, people will live in the houses they build and eat the fruit of their own vineyards. So the whole idea of work and uh, doing the things that he's created us for. And then in Revelation 22.3, it says, we'll be serving the Lord. Well, we serve the Lord down here, doing all sorts of things. So if God has gifted you in, in certain things, it's going to be even better in heaven because you won't drop the hammer on your toe and you won't be doing things the wrong way and people will like what you do. I mean, all of those things will be removed. So I think there'll still be work. There'll still be things to do. We're going to be feasting. We're going to be celebrating. No, there's no way we're going to be bored. So I'm, I'm clumping that question, tired and bored, into one are we, am I going to be bored? And I agree with you. We're going to be productive. God created us as um, creative people. We're made in his image, and we reflect who he is. And he's creative. He's, so we are going to be that way. I love sewing. I love baking. I love cooking. Karen and I used to cook for Alpha back in the day when we were younger and we told Jesus that we wanted to help cook for the the big banquet in heaven so tired maybe physically tired we're still going to have bodies I might be weary after cooking for the big banquet but he's making me a mansion up there I can have a little rest in but bored never yeah, and heaven never really talks about sleep, and so we're not really sure. But we, we think in the Garden of Eden there was night, there was day. And uh, as we were talking about that this week as staff, uh, we talked about how heaven is not going to have darkness anymore. And uh, we know that God is light, and that light will shine through Jesus. And so will we need sleep? I mean, we're just speculating. But uh, I, I definitely think it's going to be a lot different. And, and being bored... Uh, boredom really, um, what often happens with a lot of us is we stay busy so we don't think. Because when we start thinking, we get sad or, or we start working through issues we don't want to work through. And so we go, I need a distraction. I need something else to dwell on. In heaven, we're not going to have that anymore. And so I, I don't believe boredom will ever enter in. I mean, we're just going to be, and, and we're going to be talking about um, work in a little bit, but, but we think of work today as, uh, well, honestly, it's, it's got a curse on it now, the Bible says. Uh, labor would be increased, uh, and, you know, the men would have to work the ground, and it's going to be really hard. Uh, in the Garden of Eden, before this all happened, work wasn't a burden. It was a joy. I mean, I, there's some things that I just love doing. It's not sewing, but there are things I like doing. I love gardening. I, I like tinkering on a car, things like that. I enjoy preaching. Gee, I wonder if I'll get to preach. What do you think? Anyway, I digress. So that, that kind of leads into the next question that we're half answering already is, will we have jobs or work in heaven? Yes. 
We will. All right, next question. We will move on. I think we're looking at like the spectrum of what, what might that look like. Well, it talks about serving the Lord. So um, it talks about vineyards. It talks about building. Um, it talks about praising. Uh, when, when God gave the temple to the children of Israel, there was a whole section of people that all they did was mm -hmm. praise the Lord and worship him. And we will all be worshiping because we will, our worship, our service, uh, and what we do will all be worship to God's glory. Mm -hmm. So that's one idea. Well, I think, I think you kind of touched on a good note there is that often, I, I mean, I probably had this this thought when I was when I was a child that when we go to heaven you stand in a big group and then there's thousands and thousands and millions of us and all we do is praise Jesus the whole day just singing praising Jesus and when we look at scripture that's not actually what we see now there's some of you who like that is awesome for you you're like yes I'll be that person standing there for forever praising Jesus rocking out and you know what that's the gifting that God has given you to do that but when we look through scripture you look at the very beginning in the garden uh, of, of Eden there was perfection there and God gave them jobs to do their jobs were to take care, tend the garden. Adam had to name all the animals. I mean, that's where we get hippopotamus from. Thanks, Adam. Um, I mean, hippopotamus ain't that bad, but, you know. I, I agree. I mean, we, we are all made differently, and I'm wired different than Sarah Wooden is, or, and given different gifts and different desires and wants, and we're not going to become robots in heaven. We all are um, who we are here on earth, but it'll be the perfect, the perfect person. So who you're wired to be isn't going to be somebody totally different in heaven. And I love your comment about robots because the one thing when man was created is we were created in the image of God. And I don't know if you've ever thought about what that means. It means you have a brain, you think independently, and uh, you can make choices one way or another. That's where uh, everything kind of partially went wrong. But once we have gone through the redemption process, once we are laid in the ground like a seed, and we are brought up, literally born again, born anew, resurrected, uh, our minds are going to think different. We're going to have different attitudes. And uh, so work and, and jobs, we're, we're actually going to enjoy all that. And I, I wonder if, and I think, and again, Scripture is a little bit silent on it, but I think the passions you have here are the things you're probably going to carry there. They're going to be redeemed passions. Right now you might do it because, well, at least I get some recognition and I make my broken soul feel a little better. There's just going to be, oh, man, I really like playing the guitar. I don't play the guitar. Caleb does. Um, yeah. Sorry. I was just going to say, um, okay, I have all these books up here because I'm the newbie on staff, and I was scared to come up here without any material or with an iPad like him because... I don't know. Anyway, there's a quote by Wilbur Smith from the Bible Doctrine of Heaven, and it says, In heaven we will be able to fulfill many of our tasks that we dreamed of here on earth. So I think of people who have um, physical disabilities and had a dream um, to be able to do something that they couldn't do. They're going to have a new body. And... I think God is going to give them that ability to fulfill that dream they had. Hmm. Uh, okay, we're going we're gonna to run through some potentially short answer, short answer ones here. Um, will there be beaches in heaven? Yes. Oh, man, they're going to be the best beaches ever. Um, 
Oh, this might not be that short. Will there be money? Will there be currency? Over to me. You know, and again, that's another one that's silent. And, and you know, I, I think we had to have man, money here in the broken and fallen earth because of greed that kind of slips in. And I think when we have purity of mind, soul, and heart that we're not going to need that. And I, I think we're just going to be so helpful to each other. You know, if you're growing peaches, which it sounds like you will be, I'll be able to come over because I love eating peaches. And you'll just say, yeah, I got lots and of my And you'll fix tree. my car. Yeah, that's right. I'll Three. fix your car. Are, oh, is there cars in heaven? We're not going there, though, right? There's streets. Oh, I'm just saying. I, I don't know. Can you burn out on gold streets? I have no idea. I'll tell you what. When you burn out with a gold street, I'll pay you with a gold brick. <laughs> uh, will there be electricity if God is light? Well, I think there's more than electricity is used for more than just light. And God gave us the ability to invent electricity, so uh, how it could be used in so many ways. I don't see why not, but I don't have a verse to tell you about so, that. So, so that, that's that leads just imagination. Next, that leads into the next question, kind of along the same lines of electricity, power kind of thing. Um, and I'm, this is from some of our uh, grade 5, 6 students. Says, Will we have internet access, iPhones slash TikTok? I believe, again, you know, there's a question that's coming up a little later on about uh, uh, some kind of this whole topic like that. Again, I, I believe we've been, I think the question was, will we uh, be able to create things? Will we be able to be creative? And, and I would say, well, God's the only one that can create out of nothing. But uh, I do believe that we will still be able to create out of what God's created. And he will ask us and desire us to be creative. That's part of us, who we are. So, yeah, I think there's going to be uh, um, electricity, possibly Internet, and TikTok. But it's going to be a redeemed TikTok. We're not going to have to worry about creepy people being on it. Amen. Uh, I was thinking about this, and this might be just taking this too far into where my, my brain goes. But, like, the purpose of the Internet for us is... I could be very simplistic in this, is like connectivity and information. It's to store information or find information and then connect, connect people. And so thinking about it, it's like, well, are we going to need to be able to do that through internet? Are we going to be able to do that face-to-face? -face? Or will our brains be able to remember whatever we learn so we won't need a data site to actually go back to and keep checking those things? I don't know. Those are just my thoughts on what the purpose of the internet is and if we're going to actually even need that as a purpose in heaven, because our connection is going to be so much deeper face-to-face -face with people, will we need to do that? Um, when potentially, this isn't even a question, when potentially we can teleport. So, I mean, we have a story of, of um, one of the uh, disciples, not the 12 disciples, another one, getting teleported over 200 kilometers. So that might be something that happens in heaven too. I didn't know we were allowed to use that word, because my grandsons asked me, are we going to be able to teleport? I thought that was a bad word. <laughs> No, that just means anyway. like you're one place and then you like get materialized yeah, another exactly. place. Why not? I mean, God's done it with Moses yep. and Elijah. Jesus and just appeared. Jesus yeah. did it. So technology we have not invented yet. God already's like got it. It's great. Um, can God change his mind after you're there and then send you to hell? Nope. No. 
No. No, he cannot. I, I can advance that a little bit because the reason we're there is because of Jesus. Right. And it's a belief in him. And, and if you're here today or you're watching online and you're saying, well, this whole thing about heaven, it's starting to intrigue me. It's sounding interesting. Let me just tell you, it's really simple. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you say, yep, I need some cleansing. I need some changing. I need some transformation. Then I just encourage you, come to Jesus. And it's Jesus that gets us there. So why, how could he change his mind when yeah. it's all about Jesus, not about me? And it says, Jesus said that the Father gave him these and no one can take them out of his hand. So uh, when we're truly born again, we are his and he's not going to let go. Yeah, it doesn't depend on what we do, but on what he did. Um, will we see slash know people from the Bible? Will Adam and Eve be there? And, you know, the whole gamut of believers that have gone before us. Yes. Uh, we, t we read the story in the Gospels about the transfiguration of Jesus. And uh, the two, it was Pete. Peter and John and Peter, right? That were up on the top of the mountain with him? Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John. And Elijah and Moses came and joined Jesus up there, and they knew who they were. And it's an interesting fact, too, that um, those two prophets that were there, that they recognized, actually knew some current event stuff going on. Mm -hmm. So there'll be a question coming up that'll be asking about that, so keep that in your head. Will we look the same, and if not, can we choose how we look in heaven? Well, I think I'll be 20 pounds less, but <laughs> I, I think God made us. It says in Psalm 139 that our, uh, his works are wonderful and that he created us the way he wanted to create us. So I think that we're going to be okay with the way he created us and the way we look. And uh, we won't want to change. Yeah, we're under a lot of pressure right now in this world to conform and be like everybody else. And you're right, exactly. We're, we're going to be so changed in our outlook and, and our souls. We're not going to be insecure anymore. When we look in the mirror, we're not going to see this big, round, fat guy anymore. Even if I am there, we're just going to see, hey, God created me. That's cool. I like who I am, and it's just going to be a lot better. So I don't even know if it'll be an issue because it's like, eh, I kind of like who I am. God created me. That's awesome. Um, just picking up on what you said, we have this really skewed idea, especially in North America, of what, what the perfect body is. It's the uh, weight lifters or whatever, and that's not necessarily the perfect body that God created. I think what we have, I read in this book, um, which by the way, would be a real, if you have lots of questions about heaven, Randy Alcorn has written a book called Heaven, and it addresses lots of these questions. But um, he talked about if we were able to go back and see Adam and Eve, the way he created them, we'd be blown away with the perfectness of who, what they look like. And it's not necessarily what we have in our in our mind. But we kind of skipped over a question. You had asked about Adam and Eve. Are we going to go there? Because I know my answer is a little bit different than Ruth's. Okay, go ahead. Okay. My little puny mind. Now I kind of feel silly. But I think Adam and Eve will be in heaven. And 
why I think that is because after they sinned and they discovered they were ashamed of themselves because they were naked. It says they were naked and ashamed. That's when God first introduced the way to have your sins forgiven. And he had to sacrifice animals and they accepted the covering of skins from those animals that God had provided for them. Plus the fact that we read further down in Genesis that their sons, at least Cain and Abel, knew about the sacrificial system. So that's why I think we will see Adam and Eve in heaven is because they accepted and taught their sons how to be right with God. Pastor? Yeah, there's kind of two parts to that because the, the one part is what were their hearts? You know, and, and if you didn't know in the Old Testament before Jesus, they looked forward to Jesus. And now we look backwards to Jesus. And so right in Genesis chapter 3, and, and everybody probably maybe knows this or would remember this, it begins to say that there would be a offspring of Eve who would bruise the serpent's head. Right then, Jesus is already being preached. And so if they had enough belief, and again, it doesn't take a lot, but if they knew they were sinners in need of a savior, and they knew that this child would be born that would bruise the serpent's head, then I believe they'll be in heaven. But I can't for sure answer that, right? I have a feeling that's probably where you went. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, 2 Corinthians 12 talks, Paul says, I know a man who was at one time 14 years ago caught up into the third heaven. What is the third heaven that Paul is talking about in 2 Corinthians 12, chap chapter 12, verse 2? I, I, everybody seems to be afraid of answering that. Well, first of all, I'll say we're not absolutely positive what it is. And, and, but here's the speculation. Uh, in the Hebrew mind at that day, apparently, um, they thought of sort of this world in kind of three different things. There was the earth, then there was the sky, the first heaven, and then there was the stars and the moon, the second heaven, and then there was this third place, and that's where the giant cube, and it's funny, you talk about teleportation. If you read the book of Revelation 21 and 22, it talks about, that you talked about a little bit last Sunday, Caleb, this great big square city. It kind of looks like the Borg Collective, but Borg Collective, there's no individuality in there, and I believe there will be individuality. So I love, I'm a science fiction guy, and so I sit there and go, man, that sure said, you thought it too, didn't you, Caleb, when you read that? No comment. You know, sometimes, I, I sometimes wonder if there's any new thoughts around. I think the people that created Star Trek and the Borg were reading scripture and went, hey, we can twist this all up and make it sound weird. And Yeah, long and short of it, Earth's sky, heavens, and then the spiritual realm as the third heaven is what most people um, think that is what he was referencing. Uh, here we go. If there is no death in heaven... Will we eat meat? I hope so. <laughs> because I love turkey dinners. So You didn't even say bacon. That's the first place I would have oh, went. Bacon. Well, there's a couple. When I was reading through um, the answers in this book here, there's not going to be any pain or death or fear in heaven. And... Um, Okay, we slaughtered our chickens here over the last few weeks, and... TMI. That's gross. <laughs> no, 
it isn't. I'm joking. I've had to do that before yeah, too. It is gross. But it's really, it's good meat. So, you know, there's, there's two, tra we'll either be vegetarians again, like the way God created us to be, or I don't know, there's going to be a big deep freeze in heaven where things will just be and we'll have meat. That's not very doctrinal. Um, yeah, that's kind of imagination. I don't know about sanctified, but that's okay. <laughs> it, was, it was a fun answer. Well, I know in Genesis 9-3, it actually says, straight up, God created all the animals to eat. Just go ahead and look it up. It's not exactly the word it says. That is after the fall, mind you, after Adam and Eve have fallen. And uh, so, and that kind of goes back to, will our pets be in heaven? Do they have souls? Uh, we have this habit of personification. We like to put human attributes and personality into animals. Now, don't get me wrong. I got a little fluffy dog. Actually, my wife said he's not fluffy. He's fuzzy and soft. So anyway, but uh, so yeah, I, I think very possibly there's meat there, but we're not sure. It doesn't really say anything anywhere. I mean, th there's a big feast, but it doesn't necessarily tell us what's at this feast. It does say there's going to be wine, so we know some of the, some of the stuff there. Um, but when you think about if there is no death, if, if there's going to be meat, I guess you have to, I, I like to broaden my mind out farther of being like, could Jesus just materialize meat without having to be death? And I mean, and he did do that when he did the loaves and fishes. He had two fish and he just, bloop, 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 and he fed 5,000 people. So he already has shown that he can just materialize meat and like really good meat, same with wine, really good wine, kind of out of nothing or, or whatever. Um, so sometimes it's hard because we have finite minds and, and He's infinite in his ability to do things. And so it's just, yeah, it's kind of just guessing or speculating on some of those things. Um, if we are perfect and there is no pain, um, will we need shoes or could we get hurt? If there's fire, for example, could we get burned? Well, it says in Revelations that there will be no pain so I think that answers it. Will we need shoes? I don't know what we're going to wear. Um, maybe, I don't know. But I don't think there'll be pain. Because it says there will be no pain. Yeah, Adam and Eve didn't seem to be preoccupied with clothing, as you know. They only did that after the fall. And uh, so here's my, uh, just follow my little brain for a minute. Um, I don't think it's going to be cold. So I, Adam and Eve didn't seem to need clothing to keep warm. And I, I think cold is part of the curse. Now, those of you that love winter, I'm sorry, but I don't like cold. I don't like being cold. And uh, so, I, I, you know, again, we'll, we're going to be creative. Are we going to still express ourselves in clothing? And not in the way we do now, but I think we possibly will. There'll be sewing places, I think. But will you sew shoes? I don't know. Yeah, I, but God, this is my question. God created our bodies with ner nervous system. So when he said um, there will be pain in childbirth, was there pain in anything else? So how would Adam and Eve, this is my question to you, how would Adam and Eve known, I better not touch that fire, it's hot? Or... Those kind of things. Yeah, good argument. I'm, I'm not arguing with you, Pastor. <laughs> like, can our nerve endings just tell us without there being pain? Maybe. 
But I think that, so Scott and I were just on a, we had a little holiday over into the middle of nowhere in British Columbia, and we took a, a plane ride um, up and saw this glacier up in the mountains. Don't you think there's going to be people that want to be in the cold and hiking and adventuring in the mountains? And if so, they'll have to wear boots. Or maybe they'll just teleport there. <laughs> but it does, Revelation does speak about robes being given to people. So I think there'll be clothes and boots and shoes and, and whatnot. Um, now, as far as pain. Good point. That's, that's another question. We see Elijah was carried up in a chariot of fire. He was standing on a burning, fiery chariot. And just as he goes up, we see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walking around in a fire with Jesus. And they weren't getting burned. They are just chilling, hanging out there. Um, don't know, might not hurt. Uh, but we might have some sort of other sense of don't do that. I have no idea. Uh, one, uh, we're running out of time here. Um, can we, this is kind of a global kind of question. Uh, I'll direct it towards youth, you, Ruth, specifically. Can we hasten the return of Christ? Can we speed up Christ's coming back? Well, it does say that when uh, everyone has heard, every tribe and tongue and nation, and uh, that is where Brianna and Kyle, that's their hope, is to help translate and uh, help get into other languages the Word of God. And so if we are working towards that, we're, we're, that is our goal, that I think there is an aspect of us being involved in bringing Christ back. And he, he's, uh, God has chosen the time, but uh, the, the fact that we want the whole world to know. And so getting the word out there to people, to those unreached peoples who haven't, there's people who have never heard of Jesus yet. And uh, I, I think there's 6,000, but I, that may change. I mean, there's statistics of every type. So we still need to be going out and uh, going overseas and internationally and uh, telling people who have never heard. And as our, our Vice President Brem Friends talked. So hard here on earth. Why would we strive and build bigger barns when we know right well that if we're self-sacrificing our, our time, our talents, our money, that the end of Christ, the end of the world will come. Heaven will come. Christ will come in the clouds. All right, on that note, we are out of time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give each of you 25 seconds, 26 seconds, to um, kind of just a big takeaway for you as we've gone through this whole Heaven series. Um, if, if you haven't been able to catch all the Heaven series uh, sermons for the last four weeks, you can go to our YouTube channel and, and watch all those to kind of get... Um, caught up to this kind of place. But for, for you guys, for the last few weeks of going through this and preparing for, for these questions and being on the panel, and maybe, maybe from today, what is, what is kind of like the big takeaway for you, the big thing that like sticks out in your mind um, that you're going to take away, that you're going to be kind of thinking of, and maybe that you want to encourage us to be thinking of as, as well? Um, can I start, Mona? Sure. Um, when, as I was growing up, talking about heaven and the afterlife was really scary for me, even though um, I was a Christian, um, because I wasn't, 
I, had, I did not have assurance of my salvation, even into my adult years. And so even talking about heaven was kind of a scary thing for me. I have people that I know there, people I love. My brother is in heaven. My grandson is in heaven. Um, but talking about it was a little bit scary. And so after going through this, studying some of these questions, heaven is beyond what I can imagine. And I'm beginning to yearn for that day that I can go there. So my encouragement to you, if you're one of those people like I was, that was, oh, it's a little bit scary to talk about this, you can mark this day as a day where you make things right with God, and you can know in your heart, I'm going to heaven because of what Jesus has done. So that's my little takeaway. My takeaway is uh, incredible hope. I, I prayed that, um, and as you all know, I, my husband just passed away not even two months ago, so heaven is becoming even more real as people that I know are there. But um, that, that whole purpose that it gives to our life, my life is not about my family or, or just about my life, my family or my job or my career or what I can get out. <clears throat> my life is is got huge purpose because of where I'm headed. And as you read Paul's letters uh, and, and and how he said that it's it's beyond our imagination. And so that my whole life is towards that end. And so it gives me incredible purpose, and, uh, and I'm, I'm just an incredible hope. And as I was studying this, I'm going, really? This, like, it's really going to be like, like, I can't even fathom it, it, that I worship an infinite God, and, and there's never going to be an end. Like, it, I just can't even fathom that. And so that, that incredible hope and incredible purpose. Amen. Now, I'm going to need your help, Caleb, for my takeaway, and I'm going to ask everybody to stand. Okay. Do you remember the song, Heaven is a Wonderful Place? No, I don't. Heaven I'm sorry. Heaven is a Wonderful... You can help me. Good. Okay. I'm, I'm Does anybody young. else remember that song? This is my takeaway. And maybe Ruth remembered. That's an old kid's song. You have to remember it. Okay, let's go. Heaven is, is a wonderful place filled with his glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face. Heaven is a wonderful place. I want to go there. Heaven is a wonderful place filled with his glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face. Heaven is a wonderful place. No, nobody, nobody else sang, <laughs> but that definitely is my takeaway. And and I always end the service with First Thessalonians five twenty three and twenty four, and, and I'm going to try to reword it just slightly today as I go. And, and that passage says it really clearly. May God Himself. And honestly, if you're struggling about heaven and you're you're just struggling, this life hasn't been real great. May God Himself, the God of peace. I mean, this is tough times, and God's peace wants to overwhelm you. May he sanctify you through and through. 
your first heaven, second heaven, and third heaven, your body, your soul, and your spirit, your, your emotions, your hurt, your pain, may he come into every part of your soul. And may you be blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And listen to this, friends. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Go in peace.